0: listening to takedowns to breakdowns feels good to be back yeah doesn't it yeah we,
1: we, we took a few weeks off um, I know we were recording like weekly at one point
0: yeah yeah no it's just a matter of time and important things to say yeah Uh, hello everybody what's up <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll for this week the week of UFC 228 Tyron Woodley versus Darren Till. Um, yeah, how you been, Mikey?
1: Doing good. Um, obviously, you and I have been going off topic for a minute. You and I have been doing the whole workout thing, and we're now on month three, which is cardio. Right. Um, and, yeah, I'm not happy with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, because because uh, <laughs> we, we haven't been on to give an update. Why don't you give an update of how the... Uh, how The mobility and flexibility month went and then strength, the strength and power month, at least the two past two months.
1: Yeah. So, flexing and mobility, I mean, the first, like, like, I think I said this before, the first or second session was kind of tough because it was just my body in general working out again, even if it was just basic stretching and getting everything loose. Uh, There was a couple sessions in the strength training that kind of like, kick my ass a bit. Uh but other than that I mean it wasn't too bad and like I say I mean every time I work out with you I'm surprised of how much more I'm able to do that I wasn't able to do before.
0: Um I'm always shocked. I'm really shocked because you never text me the next day telling me you're sore.
1: Well, because you also taught me how to like, you know, stretch out really good at the end of a workout session true you know whereas before when i was working out years ago you know i would you know kind of stretch out here and there but nothing like again not knowing what kind of muscles my well the human body actually had to actually stretch and um and i told you before you know i've always had back issues upper back sometimes lower back and you just showing me some basic things i mean i mean i haven't felt this way in probably like 10 years uh but like I said, this month is cardio, and it's—I know for a fact—it's going to kick my ass because I haven't done like just straight cardio in a couple of years, so
0: it's going to not hurt. happy. It's <laughs> going to hurt. It's weird because to me, cardio is the one thing that you will drown in. Yeah, you will drown in cardio. Yeah. I'm not saying you specifically, but like I. I feel like giving up more in cardio than I do in lifting weight In lifting weights. It's easy to just like grit, like grit through the pain of just trying to push something because it's almost like you can find your limit Mm -hmm. in lifting something heavy way easier than you can find your limit in cardio. Like in cardio, man, the, okay. So for me personally, the hardest thing cardio wise is either suicides and hockey um, probably if we if, like nonstop Rondory, that mm-hmm. quickly tires you out. yeah, but like also, you know what? yeah, I, I feel I have attained physical failure from those things. I've attained failure to the point where like I collapse in hockey doing suicides. I've gotten to a point where I physically collapsed or like I physically couldn't control my body in martial arts. I remember on one of my belt tests, if not every single belt test where there's Rondori, I've gotten so tired. I can't lift my arms to block mm-hmm. and I have to just like like zombie my way out of getting struck, which doesn't happen because you're, I'm so exhausted. My knees are shaking and yeah. my legs are giving out. Like that's happened almost every belt test, and then um, in the gym, uh, probably doing the aerosol bike. The aerosol bike is probably the one thing that's gotten me to a point where I col- the closest I ever thought I could throw up, and in- I've never thrown up working out. Mm. That's got me to the point where I was like, I'm either gonna throw up or I'm gonna pass out, but I can't talk because I can't breathe right now. And it's that's the most. Int- and you did that. Remember, I was like, here's the bike yeah just test it out and move it a little oh, bit. oh yeah 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 imagine going as hard as you can for 20 seconds well, yeah you were just like um oh, I'm, I'm gonna use it for a little bit like that's basically that, that was a that was like a walk yeah that was like a jog yeah. compared to a run like a sprint like when you do sprints on an aerosol bike it's designed to be harder the more you output into it and, dude, I think the fastest I've gotten on that is maybe 31, 32 miles per hour and maybe Jesus. for 10 seconds. I don't know how fast you were going. I think you were doing 25.
1: I th- I was, like, just hitting 25. It was probably, like, 24, 25, yeah.
0: Yeah, the fastest and the hardest I can go is 31, 32 miles per hour for 10 seconds. Jeez. That's it. So, like, those are the only times. But, like, that whole thing about cardio drowns you mm-hmm. is so important in fighting and and, and more so so important with life. I think as people get older, they really they really underestimate the value of cardio. Like I don't think you need to be doing burpees and 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 power cleans and deadlifts when you're fifty. I think you should be able to swim and bike and jog and and sure do I think that's way healthier for you than just lifting weights. I, I would I would always tell people, hey, the best thing to do when you get older is hot yoga and biking
1: sure swimming if you could do if you do
0: those two things you'll be in fucking great shape yeah great you don't have to do you don't have to do crazy back squats you don't have to do crazy plyometric work does it is that great of course it is but you don't need that i think just hot yoga three times a week and then biking two two times a week is all you need or flip it bike three times and do your hot yoga twice I think That's all you need. Yeah. But that's the big thing. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sit too much in the pile of Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov, but that's such a thing that we'll get to talking about eventually as it gets closer. The Khabib and Conor fight that Conor's known to not have great cardio because he uses it with his fast twitch explosive counter striking for his knockout lefts. And, yeah. and he's going against a grinder and, a guy who has the the grappling cardio for days, right? Like in Khabib. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Khabib has great striking cardio, but you talk about a guy who has the ability to hold you down for twenty five minutes. Like, I don't know, man. That's that's such a big thing, right? Yeah. You
1: know. Big time.
0: Yeah, but exactly. Let's move on. Let's not sit in that because I don't want. I, I, we can save that for when it gets Another closer. Another one. Sure. So a really interesting thing is how Sage Northcutt. The pretty boy of the UFC, the counterpart to the pretty, quote unquote, pretty girl of uh, Paige Van Zandt, um, is now a free agent. So the UFC hasn't re-signed him. And it, apparently, according to Ariel Hawani, he said his friends, Rory McDonald and Leota Machida, are making double to triple what they made in the UFC by signing with Bellator. So, what do you think about Sage, A, not being immediately resigned by the UFC, and B, about the possibility of him going to... So,
1: now, tour? he wasn't... Re- I, I assume his contract was just up, or... Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting.
0: Um, he's young. Yeah. He's, like, 21. Maybe he's 21. He's jacked. He's, he's uh, like, a poster boy for MMA, because he's, like, bulging with muscles. I think you showed and...
1: me a picture of him. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen the guy. Fi- I think you showed me a video once, and I forgot who he was up against.
0: But, uh, I mean, he seemed like he was very skilled. Um, well, he has an extensive cr- competitive karate background. Okay. Him, his sister, his father are all karate champions. Yeah. Um, actually, to the point where he was getting – he lost to Mickey Gall the guy who came in and beat CM Punk okay. in his first fight. Uh, Mickey Gall is a BJJ guy from New Jersey, I believe. But um, Sage lost to him, and I think that's when Sage went. I don't know when, but Sage has been jumping around training with a lot of different camps. He was in TriStar for a little bit. He was, uh, I'm, almost, I'm almost pretty sure, uh, where was he? He was somewhere down south, I forget where. But long story short, I know he's currently training at a Team Alpha Male okay because he wants to work on his wrestling yeah, yeah and uriah Faber was his coach in his corner in okay. his last fight and he kicked ass you could tell he's been training a team yeah. alpha male
1: i mean my opinion how long has he been with the ufc previously
0: sage northcott yeah. his entire mma career he came in directly into
1: from what age if, i mean if he's like twenty, twenty-one 18, now.
0: 19 okay so a couple years yeah i sage mean north he's 11 and two
1: yes yeah okay yeah um you know what? I'd say good luck to him. You know what? He's still young. And uh, I mean if it's all about money, I mean clearly he's got the talent, he's got the skill whatever, you know, he trained. True, but
0: are are you just shocked that they that the UFC would let a guy who's 22 years old, looks like that, has that kind of record and that kind of potential just walk and just go Are over you
1: shocked t- that CM Punk was uh <laughs> one of the main events? No.
0: <laughs> No, you know it, what I mean. So it, but it's the it's, it's the it's the it's it's, it's about the money and, and absolutely. S- but Sage can sell. Yes, Sage yeah. can. Sell. Now here's the weird thing: Can Sage sell to the MMA crowd? Yes. When he first came out, though, he was a joke. He was like this Ken Barbie doll looking guy with this super polite Southern weird attitude, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in MMA culture and the MMA community were laughing at him. They were like, who's this guy that comes out and says, you like, he calls everybody Mr. and Mrs. and he's super polite and always smiles and says, oh, gee whiz, and he doesn't curse. And <laughs> It's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But then he comes out and he's he's doing like just front flips from standing without moving. And then yeah. he's, he's kicking the shit out of people and now he's wrestling really well. So it's like, let me put it this way. He sells. But does he sell to the MMA crowd? When you think UFC and MMA, I think of Guys in tap out shirts drinking beers and wings at
1: oh, sure, Buffalo
0: Wild Wings. That doesn't sell to those guys, I feel. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. blonde, frosted, spiked tips, you know, like yeah, two percent body fat, big smile all the time. Hey, guys, yeah. I don't see that selling to like the oh, see, do you think
1: maybe it was like an image thing then? It's possible,
0: the it's possible. Well, like here's the thing: when you when you take something like the UFC and you take something like MMA and you and you and you and you angle and target it towards the the clientele, you're dealing with fucking meatheads. Of course, the majority of the community is meatheads. Let's yeah. be real here. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; there's a majority of the community that are that are martial artists that are very honorable and respectful, and and they're not that short-sighted as uh as the meathead clientele. But the majority of the clientele are meatheads at least they were and i'm sure there's still a, a solid stranglehold no pun intended within the community that are meatheads sure it's like i don't want to see that it's the same guys who are like i don't want to see girls fight blah like it, it's it's yeah. it's a similar conversation to have. but i'm shocked that they're saying that because do i think he has the potential to be a champion i think his ceiling is high enough i think the promotional push is high enough but the problem is, is like are people going to watch it like, like it's the same thing with Daniel Cormier. Mm. The, you know, you have a you have a champ, champ. You have a dual weight class champion who literally has a dad bod. But it took how many years for him to be popular? Like it took him almost up until the past year and a half in order to finally have the crowd behind him, the respect. Sure. And also, just the fandom, just the people who were absolutely. Big fans I mean, of
1: him. the he, the poor guy was getting booed all the time. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like like i i think george is a is an odd case because george is a canadian mm. george is a french canadian and george was also george oddly fits he oddly fits into the stereotype of an mma fighter jacked bald you know like looks intense Gets bloody, doesn't care. Like, like, like he has the image. Yes, we know him as a kind guy. We know him as a true martial artist, but he has that image. Like you think of Chuck Liddell, that's an image of an MMA fighter. You think of Tito Ortiz, that's a the image of an MMA fighter. You think of Cody Garbrandt with a neck tattoo. That's an MMA fighter. You think of you think of the people that fit that 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 image and they typically sell properly. Mm -hmm. You have some people who who aren't that. I think that's why. I personally think that's why Ronda Rousey was so popular. Not just because of her dominance, but because she was this girl that everybody said was like this pretty blonde who was able to kick ass. And that clashing of image is what sold her. She was she was not so inaccessible to the mainstream crowd by being this violent looking aggressive person. She's extremely aggressive, but yeah. she had the she had the image of somebody who was not. Mm. Is I you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Sage Northcutt. If you if the if the UFC had a blue chip prospect, it's Sage Northcutt. Yeah. Bellator's blue chip prospect to me is Aaron Pico. That is the guy to have. And the fact that they aren't putting either Bellator's reaching out to Sage and is like, we'll pay you four times what you're making in the UFC, that's a that's a good bet. That's a good bet. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. You know, that's that's um i don't know it's it's crazy to think of like how they make their decisions with things you know
1: yeah well especially nowadays i mean like i said previously there's just so many new guys in and out uh more guys coming in if anything and it's like i don't know just so much controversy with the ufc and
0: you know. Speaking of controversy, let's let's move on to the missing weight process. Sure. About all right. So those who who are listening, if you're not big into uh, the MMA sport, a big thing that happens in the sport that are problems are twofold. One is that because the gloves are not closed gloves, aka like boxing gloves where your fingers are yeah. hidden inside a pouch, they're open. They're open gloves. You you can expand your hands for grappling. There's a lot of eye pokes. There's a lot of eye pokes in fights. Some of it might be, you know, wink, wink, uh, not intentional, and some of them might be intentional, but there's eye pokes. Now, here's the thing with eye pokes. They are extremely effective. There's a reason why they're not allowed in sport, because you can cause, A, permanent damage, and B, immediate irrecoverable damage in the middle of a fight. Sure. Um, Hence why they're so popular in self-defense arts, because they're squishy things that are pretty straightforward to access, but B, they're so effective. So... You, what happens when you get eye pokes in a fight is what you say, time, time, time. You put both guys in their quarters, let them recover. In a worst case scenario, you get a guy, you get a doctor to come and look at the guy or girl with, that got poked and make sure the eye is okay, make sure there's no cuts, ask the fighter to recover. Are you ready to go on? Continue. Okay, let's go. Let's fight. Um, but there's really no like major penalty, there's really no point loss. Yeah. Now, there's something similar with that with the second biggest thing that's going on, and that is missing weight. Missing weights have been a really popular thing. Um, Like Mackenzie Dern being the most recent egregious overage. I think she was like nine pounds over, which is almost like you don't, you you don't, which is almost like you didn't even commit to your weight cut. Yeah. But, a weight advantage is not just you know an advantage because you're heavier. It's a weight advantage. It's it's an advantage because you don't have to go through the process of dehydrating and taxing your body to cut weight. Yeah. So your brain is is healthier. Your body is is more stable. You're already in a better recovery position than somebody who tried to cut fifteen pounds. Sure. And Stephen Thompson came out and told Ariel Hawani this recently. He said, you know, fighters are going to keep missing weight. And they're going to keep getting rewarded for it because if they win, they move on in the rankings. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that happens. It's not fair, but there's nothing that they can do. You know, unless all the fighters get on the same page, which they won't. Most recently about this was Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero like missed weight. I want to say twice, and he got himself a a rematch at a championship fight against Robert Whittaker. Yeah, and it was like you missed weight, and you're already an athletic, weird genetic freak. You should not be getting this access down the uh, up the ladder to the champion and he did and then you have the same thing with darren till darren till missed weight won against stephen thompson by decision and is now fighting this saturday against tyrod woodley for the championship yeah so did you really get punished you get punished in your purse i think you lose like 20 percent of your purse yeah so it's, you lose it's a some money percentage but guess what if it sets you up for a win to become a champion and then you be- get the championship. Then you get money and promotion and, and pay per view points, yeah. so you're set.
1: Yeah, it's a win win,
0: <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so it's a good point. That's a, that's an honest controversy. That's yeah. an honest controversy. I I mean, do you think there should be a harsher punishment if somebody misses weight?
1: Yeah, I don't think a pay cut is uh, enough enough for sure. I mean, especially depending on the fighter, you know. Because I know. Uh, pay averages are different depending on the person, you know. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Well, well. first off, when they do weigh-in, that's obviously the day before the fight, right? Or is that the, the...
0: They just changed the policy. They just changed the policy. They used to do it like... Oh, God. What was it? The policy changed... They changed the policy because they wanted to get more people... They wanted to give more time for fighters to recover, so they did it, like, I think earlier they had allowed earlier weigh-ins what happened though is that more people were missing weight so they were saying more people are missing well dana white said this more people are missing weight more fights are getting canceled more people are getting hurt we're going to go back to the old how, way how
1: early are we talking like a week prior to the fight a few days
0: Uh, hang on. Uh, let's see the early weigh-ins. I'm trying to get the exact details. Um, the past two months, blah, 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 blah. Everybody was missing weight. Um, so the move from late afternoon weigh-ins to morning weigh-ins was the one that, that was the original change. So two years ago, uh, they made the change to allow fighters more time to rehydrate and recover before they actually stepped into the octagon on fight night. So the earlier weigh-ins were not a big deal at first, and then things started falling apart. And then Dana White came out and said the early weigh-ins were to blame for all the weight problems that the fighters are having. So then he switched it back to the ceremonial weigh-ins, and that's the real weigh-in now. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I mean, so technically they do have the time now at least. I mean, has there been issues since, or are there still people...
0: It had, well, I mean, obviously,
1: it uh, just happened. There's still people But is it happening weight. as often?
0: No. Okay. But here's the thing. The fighters, because it's cheating in a way. Oh, sure. Because it, it gives you more time to cut more weight. So it gives you more time guaranteed to make a weight that you may not naturally be able to do. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I, I get Dana White's concern for the business. I also get fighters' concern of it's not good for us to have later weigh-ins it's better to have earlier weigh-ins you know um
1: yeah i mean i see it both ways because even if they did have earlier weigh-ins i mean then it's like they have that time span between the weigh-in and the act in the fight day to like bulk up do whatever they have to do i understand health wise like you were saying before just to rehydrate you know and be 100 percent mentally and physically ready and um I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, uh, there's definitely an advantage, you know, they, they can, they can bulk up within that time span.
0: Well, because they're doing it the day before 24 hours before the actual fight. The problem with this is that like, they originally made the change to earlier weigh-ins to allow fighters more time to recover because you're sending somebody in with a not fully hydrated brain or body into a cage to fight. It's not safe. Um, a lot of fighters came out and said, you're rewarding the cheaters because you're allowing these people yeah, yeah. to essentially cut. You're giving them more time to make weight when if they're fighting and doing proper healthy camps, they'll be at the weight ready. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know if you saw some of the videos. There's videos of Darren Till and uh, uh, Chris Cyborg cutting weight and they're like borderline dying. They're like, like shaking. I yeah. think... I think there was a video of uh Giovanna and she's like going she like went blind for a couple of minutes or something. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's not good, but like <sighs> Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. But regardless, Darren Till got his got his welterweight title fight against Tyron Woodley. Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley is going to be I think a really good fight. I don't think it goes to decision. I think it's going to be a rock'em sock'em. Uh, to give you a quick rundown here, Darren Till is seventeen zero and one. He is huge. Uh, he's seventy two inches tall uh, versus Tyron Woodley sixty nine. Okay. They both have the same reach advantage for uh, striking, like with their legs included. So seventy four inches for reach and forty two inches for leg reach. So that's both the same. Um, it's weird. I actually got in a slight uh, Twitter conversation with somebody from Bloody Elbow when I was commenting on a fight and I said something along the lines of like, oh, this guy has clearly better wrestling and it, you know, you could tell how hard it is uh, when you don't have that wrestling pedigree. And somebody from Bloody Elbow said, well, he's actually not a wrestler. He's actually, he's actually like a karate or a Muay Thai guy. I forget what it was. And I was like, okay but they're wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And his wrestling is better than the other guy. Like and he's out wrestling him. So I don't care about his background <laughs> because they're wrestling in mixed martial arts. Yeah. And he's more effective. Yeah. And they're like we could see how that could happen with the misinterpretation cuz he looks like a wrestler but he's actually not. And I was like but he's wrestling in mixed martial arts.
1: And dominating and he's, wrestlers. <laughs> he,
0: he's wrestling better than the other guy. Yeah. So I, I, I don't. So then I, then I tweeted back and they never responded to this. I said, no, this is a good point. At what point do you no longer count the fundamental skill set of a fighter based upon their ability of other skills in the ring, in the octagon? So I said, Tyron Woodley is known as a decorated wrestler, but we know him for his knockout power. So mm-hmm. is he no longer a wrestler or is he a wrestler? George St. Pierre is a Kyokushin karate striker, but he's known for his wrestling, but he never wrestled as a fundamental like foundation growing up. So, is he a wrestler? Was he a striker? Mm. I was like, we can keep playing. We can yeah. keep going down this road we're, we're like and they never responded. But I was like, so so where do you want to put this where do you want to put this level? And and I say this because going into the Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley fight, the main thing about this fight that's so interesting to me is that you have that. So you have Tyron Woodley who has the wrestling that we haven't seen recently yep. because he's been so dedicated to his striking cuz he has such great explosive knockout power. Are we going to see him wrestle the the taller bigger Darren Till? Darren Till is huge. Like, I don't know if you saw the face-off picture. Darren Till was literally looking down on this guy. Yeah. So Darren Till is a Muay Thai fighter who has a huge amount of Muay Thai fight experience. And you saw him fight Cowboy. You Mm -hmm. saw him versus Steven Thompson. He's, I in my opinion, he's an elite striker. I think the weird thing is that he doesn't have a traditional. He kind of does have a traditional Muay Thai stance in a way, but it's his footwork. That is so different. His footwork reminds me borderline of Conor McGregor. I almost wrote about, wrote an article about this. Excuse me. Like the way he steps when he strikes, he almost puts his face out to like let you come in to step into the striking range. And then he immediately wants to start throwing a one-two. Immediately he's like, okay, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You can reach me. You can reach me. And then you come in he's like, here we go. Bam, 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 bam. And he just throws. He does this weird... Open stance thing. Yeah, it's so unique. It's it reminds me a lot of early Conor McGregor. Early Conor McGregor was very aggressive, very aggressive, looking for the knockout, looking to to impose his left hand. Compared to the new measured Conor, which is come on into me, which you saw um, with uh, Jose Aldo, mm-hmm. which was come into me, come into me, bam. And then you saw the same thing with Eddie Alvarez, come into me, come to me, bam, 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 bam. Come into me. Come into me. Bam, 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 bam. You saw with Nate Diaz in the second fight. The first Nate Diaz, he was still like, I'm going to impose my will on this guy and knock him out. Didn't. Gassed out. Got choked. Second fight, he was like, okay, we're going to play this game. We're going to play the long game. Come into me. Bam. Come into me. You don't want to? Light kick. Come into me. Bam. Come into me. You don't want to? Light kick. You you see the evolution how it became a patient striker. Mm. But with Darren Till, it's almost like he doesn't care about the engagement. It's just like, I'm here. Let's go. I just want to bang. I just want to fucking swing. Let's go. And he even said after the Stephen Thompson fight how Stephen Thompson was the hardest and most difficult striker he's ever had to go against because he didn't do that because he was like, I know just how he strikes. If I get in, he's, he's doing damage to me. Hmm. And he said, I'm sorry everybody was bored by what you saw, but like... Let me tell you something. That was the hardest striking fight I've ever had. He's so good. So you have these two guys going against each other. First of all, who do you have? (laughs) Oh,
1: man. I mean, besides height advantage, I mean, they... You don't know? I'd like to say Darren Till
0: by by what knockout?
1: 3rd round knockout.
0: 3rd round knockout. Okay. Okay. I I kind of think um I kind of think Tyron Woodley can pull it off but I don't know if he can handle the striking of Darren Till. That's the... Like, I don't mean the power. I don't mean the complexity. I mean the reach. You saw Tyron Woodley versus Steven Thompson. Technically, we saw that fight twice. Mm-hmm. And you saw how Tyron Woodley played against a, a, a lengthier... Lengthier? A, uh, a longer, um, more sophisticated striker. And that was... He was patient on just staying on the outside and being okay with letting them bring in the strike, so he could either land a takedown or go for an overhand. Like you, you, He did that for two whole fights, and it was boring for a lot of people, and a lot of people were upset, but Tyron Woolley really landed and knocked down Stephen Thompson in both of those fights. So part of me thinks if he plays that game with Darren and says, okay, mm-hmm. Darren, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, he counters. I don't know if Darren has the immediate one-punch knockout, but I do know that he can light Tyron up and I could see them baiting into who's going to commit to a, to a blitz, who's going to commit to a combo and then trying to counter. Um, I think Darren Till is the more talented striker and I think Darren Till is the better counter striker. So I think Tyron Woolley's going to try to, for whatever reason, Tyron Woolley likes being on the outside. He's never in the center of the octagon. If you ever noticed that, like, I, I don't Remember, I don't know if you know the last time that he spent a majority of time in the center of the octagon, mm. He doesn't. For some reason, he likes the cage, which makes no sense. Which makes no sense. But apparently works. It works. In his favor. Yeah. Because you know what he does, though? He explodes from the outside. So he's like, oh, I'm cornered. I'm a hurt animal. And they come in. And he just wails them and wails them. Or he shoots down for a double or a single and throws and ragdoll somebody. And then, because you see it, like, there'll be in on one side of the cage Somebody commits to be like, oh, I got I have him cornered. And the next thing you know, they're on the other side of the cage. <laughs> like literally the other side of the octagon. And they're like clenching on the cage if they somehow stayed on their feet against Tyron. But he explodes out. He's like a like a like a rhino. Just shoots out. Hmm. I don't know, man. I, I this is a fight that's so t- I mean, that's the beauty of, of of fight, of fighting, of MMA. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I feel like Darren Till is... Because he's just so much better, I, I do want to agree with you and say Darren Till does get this. I think he gets it by a TKO. I think he gets it by a TKO. Although, I, wouldn't, I would be surprised if Tyron does win through a non-decision. Okay. I personally would be surprised. I don't know, though. I, I mean, I haven't seen Darren get, get uh, lit up, really, like... Get dazed on his feet, so I, I can't put anything there. But that's a fun fucking fight, man. We should meet. Maybe we should do something this Saturday for it. We should. Maybe you come over, we watch it, we talk about it while it happens. Yeah, maybe we figure something out. But like, that's such an interesting fight. Um, another interesting fight, I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. No offense to uh, uh, Nico Montano, but uh, Valentina Shevchenko is dropping down to fight for the flyweight title against Nico Montano now. Shevchenko is, in my opinion, one of the most talented female fighters in the in, in all of UFC's divisions. Like every single one possible. I think she's been a monster ever since she came to the UFC. I think she's been. She's I know she's fluctuated, 15-3 and 0, but she's just so solid in every area. Mm. Like she just my God, I I forget who she fought recently. I forget the name of that poor girl, but she got shredded, and the like. Everybody, I remember Twitter lighting up, being like, "Please stop this murder! Just call <laughs> the fight. Why are you letting her get mauled?" It was uh, who was it? Who was it? Um, oh yeah, performance of the night submission. Yeah, it was that, Pr- Priscilla Cachoeira. Oh my God, that was. That was just, I remember, I remember seeing it and it was just so brutal. It was basically Shevchenko on top for the, like three rounds, just beating the fuck out of Only her. Only
1: two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just, what, stood there, laid there?
0: Two strikes. The beating? Yeah. So Priscilla landed two strikes against Valentina's 95. <laughs> Okay. Now, if you haven't seen this fight, you don't need to because we just told you the fight. Two strikes versus 95. That's, that's what fucking happened. That's <laughs> so yeah, a mauling. A, a better fight to judge Valentina by because you, you don't just feed her newbies to the UFC because that's just unnecessary. Um, I would say it was the uh, Amanda Nunes fight and the Juliana Pena fight. So the two fights before that, uh, Valentina actually got outstruck in the Juliana Pena fight, but she won by submission and that was a performance of the night. Valentina is, is, she reminds me a lot of, a, a lot of these, she reminds me of an old school MMA fighter. A lot of the older ones. I mean, not super old. I'm not talking like Fedor or anything like that. I'm talking like our generation where it was, it was kind of like, oh man, George, like, like we always talk about George, but George is a great example. Cowboy is a great example. Mm-hmm. Anthony Pettis is a great example. Um, these, these, these guys who are phenomenal strikers, phenomenal strikers, but it's almost like they're begging you to try to avoid their striking so they could just use their jujitsu and their wrestling on you, mm-hmm. and that's Valentina to me. Okay. And she got a second-round submission there. She got a second-round submission against Priscilla, even though she – Outstruck her ninety five to two. She still got a submission. She ground her out until she, there was an opening, and then she just immediately submitted her. Um, she lost Amanda Nunes, who, by the way, Amanda Nunez is going to go fight Chris Cyborg. That's a conversation to have. Yeah, not now, but eventually. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really pumped to see uh, Shevchenko against. I, 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 would be shocked if she didn't win against Nico. No offense to Nico, but she's five and two. Um, versus 15 and three and and but even more so than that is just she I don't think Nico Montano has gone against the level of competition that Valentina has Valentina just competed for a championship two fights ago like you're getting thrown to like yes I know she's a champion but she hasn't fought the same championship level caliber fighters that Valentina has mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening I just don't I mean, this reminds me a lot of when um what's her name? Uh what's just Jessica Penne? No, um I this reminds me a lot of when Joanna got the championship. Hang on, let me find her name because I am being a fucking derp here. Uh this is a lot of fun. Uh let's pull. See, we don't have a Jamie to pull stuff up. Let's do this. Joanna, 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 However you want to say it. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, Carla Sparza. My bad. She so Carla Sparza was also like Nico Montana, where she won a an arguable, arguable, inaugural championship belt at strawweight. And then she immediately lost in her first fight because she went up against an established, credentialed, long-history fighter like Joanna, Mm. And she got destroyed. She got taken apart on the feet and she lost it. I feel this is going to happen to Nico Montano. Same thing. She won the championship through like a TV show um, bracket tournament. And she was the last survivor, so she gets it. But now she's getting thrown to the the savage wolves of her division and Valentina is smelling blood dropped down to flyweight. And it was like, Oh, I want a belt. I'm going to come down and just get a belt. Cause she's going to shred everybody in that division. Mm-hmm. Like that's, Ugh. I almost feel bad. I, almost, I I do because they shouldn't be making this fight. I would want to see Nico Montano p- put up a couple defenses against girls who are naturally already in her flyweight division mm-hmm. and not not just let I'm not going to call her a bully but not let this demon come down to fly <laughs> to t- tr- try to take her soul like that's just <laughs> that's just that's just not okay that's just not okay to me it's just valentine uh, I don't know I, I, I mean say something because <laughs> I mean
1: I I don't know because I mean I guess depends on the person or whatever but that's like when you see other fighters or male fighters whatever either gaining so they can go up a class or losing weight so they can go down because they'll have the advantage from already fighting you know what I mean in in something that was like a in a heavier weight (laughs) oh my god so, for anybody that she's
0: fighting Holly Home.
1: yeah, we're we're watching like uh, some footage. Yeah. Some, uh, <laughs> God we're, damn,
0: we're watching <laughs> we're watching some highlights of uh, Shevchenko. Just mainly because I want Mikey to get a full uh, full understanding of what I mean by this demon <laughs> dropping down a division. Maybe she'll be dehydrated and not a hundred percent. And we'll see a different version of her. But I mean... <laughs> accuracy. Yeah, she's extremely accurate. She's, yeah. I mean, I remember one of my... The first scenes I've seen, I saw her. She was like practicing on a tree. Like her striking on a tree <laughs> outdoors. She's, uh, yeah, she's... And her jujitsu is fantastic. People usually... Don't know about it, but her jujitsu is great. Yeah, her Muay Thai is fantastic. She uh she trained she trained a bunch at uh, Tiger Muay Thai, which is the the big Thailand, the big Thailand school. Uh, Cody Garbrandt trained there. Tai Tai Tuivasa trains there. Mark Hunt trains there. Okay. Uh, George Saint Pierre is Muay Thai coaches coach there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, she's. Yeah, I just her speed, her power, explosiveness, her accuracy, her experience in striking, her jujitsu is sharp, her wrestling she's so strong.
1: Is this her first fight? Dropping down in weight. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, like she's she's like she's <laughs> wow. <laughs> she's physically handling uh, uh, Amanda Nunez. He's a champion in the higher weight class. <sighs> that was a face kick. She she struck with Holly Holm, who by herself is a is a very strong kickboxer, and she was able to handle that that reach. Look at that, Holly comes in, check right, hits her immediately as she enters in her space. She has great punch kick combos from Muay Thai. Look at that, she checked the kick and immediately threw. A roundhouse, right. She loves the spinning elbow, spinning back kick, or spinning side kick. through an axe kick that missed, but... Wow. <laughs> exactly, the speed of that spinning back kick. And you're going to throw this demon down to this girl who never fought competition, who's this...
1: Yeah, she'll probably be quicker. <laughs> With less weight, that's for sure.
0: <sighs> Just look at that. This <laughs> is... Just... Just, she's just so, look at that. Nope. (laughs) Stop a sweep and just immediately switches and just, oh my God. She's terrifying. She's absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Like, oh boy. Oh boy, I don't want to be Nico Montano. And now let's compare that to... And and Nico Montano's not not bad. I, I don't want I don't want to get off of this impression that she's not a good fighter. Yeah.
1: I mean I mean look, she has a belt, right? That, that's got to prove something. Right. It's just you know? it's just
0: it's it's about a level of it's about the level of 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 competition that she's that she knows or she's been against. I just don't know if she's had it. Yeah. I just don't. I by ju- the
1: way, how does someone just land a, a a title fight chance like that when you drop down in weight?
0: Um, I think it's because and you
1: now you're in a new division. You just I
0: think it's because you're so good. All right, here's okay. here's that championship fight. Nico is in blue. All
1: right, well, not as quick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I see what you mean now.
0: <laughs> like that was not in slow motion. That was
1: real real time speed. Yeah. I, all right. Okay.
0: Yeah. And look look at that striking of just right here in the middle. Let's let's look at this exchange right here on the cage.
1: Oh yeah, there uh oh. no head
0: movement just Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, she's a lamb for slaughter.
0: It's just she needs to get established. Give her more fights against girls naturally in her division who are already there. Put her back up against Roxanne, Roxy, who she just who we're watching right now. Roxy, uh, what that fairy, like rematch that fight. Like let's see that again. Like, I, like that's a fight. That, yeah,
1: that was that's immersive. a that's a great. And fight. that was a title. Fight.
0: That's a great fight to see those two again. That's a great fight. Seeing Nico face off is against it? girls. It, it versus Valentina Shevchenko. Mm, I mean, we're just yeah. That is that absolutely <laughs> is a better fight than that. But, this isn't a fight. This is not a fight. This isn't a fight. But
1: sometimes, listen, not that I'm a sick human being or anything, but sometimes, you know, you go to the zoo and you go to, like, the lion's den area, you know, and it's like, all right, they're just laying there or whatever. But sometimes if you go there at, you know, twelve one o'clock in the afternoon and it's feeding time, you're like, oh, that, yeah, like, that's, that, I feel like that's what that fight's going to be. It's going to be feeding time in the lion's den. That's...
0: Exactly what it's gonna be.
1: That's why I want to watch it, though. No, that's, that's the not inter- why I want to watch oh, it. Come Look, on.
0: you can't have a newly established champion. I hear you. And Nico Montano, and an entire new division, the women's flyweight go against the demon who came down from an upper weight class who's been who's thirsty for a belt. See, you can't yeah, that,
1: do that. Yeah, I don't, I, see, that's where I see... I don't think it's fair, especially if she just went into this division and now she's getting a shot at the title. Whereas, I mean, I would say at least work your way up. Slaughter this those is, people first. Yes. And then... Then
0: give her Valentina. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to see Nico establish her name. I want to see Nico sharpen and hone her skills and, and showcase them against the girls already in her division, flyweight. Not like, hey, open the gates of hell and let the demons fly down to grab souls at yeah. will. That's not what I. That's like me saying, hey, come back to class. And your first day back in class is like, hey, I'm. A, sensei wants to spar you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, would you be like, oh, you know, this is fun. This is feeding time in the line. Or you're going to be like, no, you know, maybe this is not the right match. Let me maybe establish myself again, yeah. get my skills yeah. back under me. Right? Well, right.
1: The pro to being, you know, an observer.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> now this is going to be a fantastic. Uh, this is this is going to be another demon. Okay, so I I can't say this very well, so I'm going to do my best. Zabit Sheripov versus wow, Brandon Davis. I don't know if you've seen Zabit. I have seen Zabit. I have.
1: I've never even heard of him
0: uh he's insane uh let's see zavit zabit there we go let's see yeah let me get you caught up to speed real quick on this guy's abilities uh this dude's another demon um he's he flows he flows he's powerful he's accurate but the most important thing is that he flows so watch how he flows Boom. melee back out of range. In the clinch. Gets him down. Gets on top. Misses the kick, but stays in range. He's He flows with his strikes in that he... No- Good uppercut. That was a beautiful slip. Look at that. <laughs> He's... Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <Aaron laughs> he, Pettis. He, he creatively flows with his offense. It's almost like uh, uh, Sugar Sean, where it's they know how to just flow with their offense. Yeah. Where it's just like that, like they know how to judge the range. They know how to judge distance. They know. And like, look at the, like look at the way he slips the punches and gets he, okay. Check this, check this sequence out again. He slips, he slips a hook, throws an uppercut. His back is on the cage. He circles all the way around and now he's on the outside. Back. Wow. <laughs> like this guy is this guy's special. This guy is, is is if he's if you don't think he's special now, he's gonna be very special. <laughs> like look at the way he kicks. Like just Wow, was that legal? Uh kicking off the cage like that? Yeah, that's legal. No, it looked like he uh, I, I can't even describe it.
1: Like uh did he kick off the
0: cage? Yeah, he kicked off the cage.
1: Okay, it looked like he was trying no, to get watch, a head kick in. Yeah, kidding?
0: no, oh, it yeah, looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. He tried to get the heel. Okay. Watch how fast he sinks this. Boom. Immediately. Yeah, man. So This guy, oh, oh god, here's here's another one. <laughs> And it's funny because he looks—he looks like he, he's super peaceful looking. Yeah. But he's uh no, he's a monster. The other thing that that's really unfortunate is he's long. He's tall. He's long. He has reach. Yeah. When you have somebody who has reach, he just looks lanky. He has reach. He has accuracy. He has power. He has creativity. He has strength. Wow. Like. <laughs> <laughs> He's just uh oh oh he just ha- he he just has an x factor to his ability to 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 chain his offense in my opinion, and I think that's what makes him so great, at least his potential to be so great mm-hmm. you know it's like he so it's weird because, it's weird because he's so eager to step into range because he's not afraid of of throwing. He's not afraid of the engagement. He's not afraid of that moment when it comes. He's almost begging for it. He's he's not like a flooding offense style type person, but he steps into range to welcome the engagement because it's almost like he knows his his assets are going to help him in every engagement. Like we've been watching, it's only been two fights. He hasn't, he hasn't been at a disadvantage in a, an engagement that we've seen at all. Yeah. Granted, these are highlights, right? So you see the best parts of their fight. But still, he's stepping in and he's establishing his dominance with his reach. He's establishing his, do- his dominance with his footwork. Like that when he was literally backed into the cage and then came right off the cage and spun around and was able to get on the inside. And lo- look at that. He, look how fast he locks down his, his jiu-jitsu. So this dude is... That dude is scary. So yeah. Okay. He's 15 and 1. Brandon Davis is 9 and 4. He has a 3-inch uh, reach advantage. Zabit does. He has an inch reach advantage. <laughs> I think this card is going to be fireworks. I think it's going to be Fireworks. You have Jessica Andraj versus Carolina Kovakovic. Kovakovic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tomek. I know if you're hearing this, you're mad. But this is this is a great fight. This is gonna be a real. This is gonna be another fucking barn burner. This is gonna be another great fight. The number two versus the number four. And Carolina is such a slick striker too. Nobody gives her credit because she's such like a doll face. Fighter. Mm-hmm. She looks so kind. You know, like you can just tell looking at this. Like Jessica yeah. looks like a like a, she's trying to look like a pit bull. But like when you have the two of them, Jessica is a brawler. Carolina is like a surgeon, and that's going to be really fun to I see. I like that. Yeah, it's 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 going to be really fun to see. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I I think it's uh I think Carolina keeps quietly evolving. We saw her in her last fight where she quietly evolved her head movement and her footwork with her counter strikes where it was like she immediately was able to land her counter mm-hmm. and even if the counter wasn't like a uh, this is it definitely wasn't a KO punch but she's a, he's able to slip in and out a lot better so i can only imagine how much better she's gotten as she continues to move on uh Abdulvazak Al Hassan versus Nico Price this is going to be fun too See, this is going to be another one. These two guys, th- these guys throw fucking fire. Like, this this whole main card is insane. And then the FX card is, you have Suarez versus Sparza. We were just talking about the former champion. That's going to be fun. You have Cody uh, Stammon versus Aljamain Sterling. That's going to be another fun striking match. Jimmy Rivera versus John Dodson. That's gonna be. There's so. This is such a good fuck. All right. If you're listening, everybody, and you're like, oh man, I've never bought a pay per view. I've never gone out to watch a fight. Grab your friends, get some wings, and go out and watch these fights at sliders or whatever bar that you prefer to watch fights in. But that's. It's gonna be really good. It's gonna be really good. Um. Yeah. Let's not spend too much time on on UFC. But yeah. No. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the FX card all the way up. It's going to be a fucking blast yeah. all the way through. It's going to be great. Uh Anyways. What's been on your mind with martial arts and stuff like that?
1: With martial arts in general. Uh I don't know.
0: You don't know. I don't know. Man. I've been practicing my katas. Yeah. Um yeah. I like more so now that I <laughs> On
1: your own? How do you how do you manage that?
0: I just do it in the mirror. Okay. You just you just do it by yourself it's not okay. a big deal it sucks because you don't have good hand placement on yeah. a lot of the like the nikios and the EKOs yeah, and stuff yeah. but at least you get the motion down of what the change attacks are supposed to be it sucks though i haven't been to class in two weeks i had to do stuff for my family that called me out for a week i had to do stuff for some friends for a wedding and that took me out and then that friday which was last friday i woke up on thursday with i thought i pulled my back Oh, okay. remember I yeah, was yeah. talking about my muscle spasms and I yeah. was like I just pulled my back getting out of bed I am old I don't know how this happened huh. and then Friday came and I was like I definitely think it's muscle spasms because I tried to treat it last night and it's a little bit better but it's weird man like just I don't know what it is mm. it's absolutely infuriating when I can't do anything physical that's why I'm going to try to do some, some low activity tonight with you Yeah. but like yeah man there's uh, do you know what a Tim Tam is or the Tim Theragun Tim.
1: Um, is that like that drill looking gun? Yeah, I remember yeah. that with like, uh, some of them have the ball at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so those are like $300 plus at least. So oh, those are super okay. expensive. I found a DIY where you could buy like a $50 black and Decker jigsaw drill and you like file okay. the drill down and then you drill on like a golf ball or something like that and you glue it in with epoxy and gorilla glue and then you just, you have your own. <laughs> I've been okay. seriously debating of making one because I'm just like, I'm in so much. And I don't understand it. I understand I'm in a lot of, a lot of physical stress from what I do. Mm. I think I've been doing it. So my hockey season starts up literally next week. Yeah. So I did. So for the off season, I focused mainly on explosiveness. I thought I lost speed. Last season I thought I wasn't as strong as I could be. I remember you told me, yeah. So I was doing a lot of a lot of back squats, a lot of front squats, a lot of single leg lunges, a lot of sled pushes, sled pulls, tire flips. I was doing deadlifts, I was doing power cleans. I was doing a lot I was doing incline bench work. I was doing pull-ups. I was doing a lot of stuff to try to just strengthen the body with a lot of a lot of large core movements. And I think I'm definitely ready for the season when it comes from a muscle standpoint. But the thing that I'm going to do now that I'm in season is I'm going to switch more to activation. So I'm going to stop going as intensely at, at like those movements. I'm going to do more a lot of glute work instead, a lot of glute bridges, like leg lifts, stuff like that. And a lot of it is just maintaining throughout. So it's not like I'm a professional player, but I'm a small guy, and, and between that and martial arts, I could beat up a lot, and a lot of it's maintenance. So I'm going to be focusing more on just... Fire and keeping the speed and doing more plyometrics. I like doing a lot more uh, kettlebell work in hockey season. I just feel like it's less wear and tear in my joints compared okay. to just doing barbell deadlift stuff, uh, like back squat stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer kettlebells because the flowing. I like the flowing and I like the ability to chain the movements. And when I do kettlebell flows, and I feel like it's more fluid for total body strength compared to just I'm going to focus on, you know, these major motor groups and stuff like that when it comes to i'm just gonna do a back squat Mm. session or something um but it's hard because with my games fluctuating throughout the week my time frames change and stuff like that but the thing that always sucks is when i get injured like this when's the last time you were injured
1: uh due to working out or just in general just in general Uh,
0: last time you were prevented from doing physical work
1: oh wow um We're going back about, I would say, 11 years. Jesus. I would say, you know, it was probably 07 or 08. Um, Actually, yeah, I was still in high school. Um, I remember I was in culinary, and I was lifting a huge, like, we. I mean, we had maybe, I don't know, one of those huge mixing bowls, like bigger than what they had at the heritage. Okay. And uh I was lifting it by myself and of course, you know, improper you know, technique. Li- lifting technique, yeah. yeah pulled my back uh to the point where like I had to wear a brace Ooh. for a good solid week or two. Okay. Um but I remember like even at work, uh, I'd go to work and I'm like I I can't even do this. Do that, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had to get like a doctor's note and stuff. Uh but yeah I went so that was about eleven years ago um, so anything that like prevented me from doing my job or anything, yeah, it's been a while
0: okay, well, I'm yeah. glad you haven't been injured with anything we're doing.
1: yeah, no, no, so far, so good, except for cardio
0: <laughs> as I always say, fatigue makes cowards of us all, and that's not my saying. I've heard that somewhere, but it's I think Ferraza hobbies said it, but it's uh. Yeah, it's very true. Nothing makes you want to quit and give up like fatigue, which we're about to go test. Cool. Everybody, maybe we'll be uh, doing something this Saturday for UFC 228. But if not, please do yourself a favor and watch it because it's going to be some fun ones. Like I said, grab a friend, go to a bar. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to be super fancy and super bougie, you can afford a pay-per-view. Help yourself. But definitely tune in if you can. It's a good time. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Catch you all later. Peace.